0: Religion for centuries has been a key predictor of charitable giving. Well what happens if I'm a fundraiser for a secular nonprofit? Well, there is good news for you as well. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the Fundraising School. and I'm joined today by Dr. David King. David leads the Lake Institute on Faith and Giving at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. And the Lake Institute is preeminent in providing research and practical advice and guidance on the connection between religious faith and charitable giving. Including for secular nonprofits, and David, first of all, some uh, updated research came out at the end of 2017, and as I understand, uh, we, uh, you, you and your colleagues again have confirmed there is this strong connection that if somebody is religiously active, they are much more likely to be charitable with their giving. What did your you and your colleagues find? Yeah, we found that
1: religious affiliation continues to be one of the best predictors of giving, but it, it's important to note that uh, people have. of of all different types of religious affiliation, uh, Christian, Muslim, Jew, other, that this, this holds across the board. Uh, but one key finding was it's not simply, uh, as you might imagine, clearly, that those who with religious affiliation would give to religious organizations. But what we found is actually, uh, continues to be true, is that religious affiliation um, is a good predictor of giving across the board, across to all charitable
0: organizations. So, so if we look at maybe kind of three types of organizations, the religious congregation, the religiously identified organization, which some people might call a parachurch organization, some sort of a faith-based social service provider, Jewish community center and so forth, uh, and then the non-religiously uh, identified organization, we find people of faith across all of those segments, including the secular organizations, correct? Right. And so it's it's,
1: it's hard for us to sometimes to use language around religion, partly because mm-hmm. um, religious organizations oftentimes really are narrowly defined around congregations and mm-hmm. missionary organizations. But um, many organizations that we might think of as secular have some type of faith-based connection. Uh, They may have been historically founded that way or a number of uh, religiously inflected social service uh, humanitarian agencies. And what we find is that when you think about that sector of congregations alongside these religiously identified organizations, that that's almost three-quarters of organizations in our charitable space. Um, But thinking broadly about the religious organizations that are out there beyond congregations is an important step. But what we also know is that individuals themselves are likely to give to to any type of organization, religious or
0: non. Based on somebody's religious faith, they might uh, feel led to give to a secular organization, a youth agency, an arts organization, a public university where you and I both work. What advice do you have for fundraisers working in those secular organizations? I mean, we talk about doing donor research, helping understand a donor's motivations but my nonprofit by definition is not directly aligned with their religious congregation, and yet your data show they still could become a donor. How do I go about doing that research to learn more about that donor? Well, we
1: know that 55% of all Americans give out of spirituality, religion, mm. or values. So a majority of all donors are giving in some form or fashion out of that value set. Mm. Um, so the first thing that we would say is not to write someone off simply because they, they would, you might uh, label them as a religious donor and you don't think there's a connection to your organization. Uh, so I would actually dig into the types of organizations in which they give uh, and think particularly about the own value set of your own organization. And think about uh, you know, holding fast to your own mission, vision, and values. But, but what are those connections? Um, and I think particularly donors, religious or not, uh, are con- what we do know from research is, is craving uh, following their giving alongside their passions mm-hmm. um, and, their, and their values. Uh, maybe less out of obligation. And uh, oftentimes they struggle knowing what that, value set is. And so our organizations, religious or not, should be in the practice of helping that do that discernment work with our donors.
0: And, you know, there's kind of that old saw in society, you know, whenever you meet somebody, don't discuss politics and don't discuss religion. Does that apply to fundraising? If I know that that prospective donor has a religious background, I work for a secular nonprofit How do I have that conversation? You know, do I say, hey, did you go to church this weekend? Did you go to synagogue this weekend? Again, David, what advice do you have? And we live in this wonderfully diverse, pluralistic country. People have different values. We can be stronger together cross lines of difference, but talking about religion can be awkward. Right. What advice do you have for, for fundraisers?
1: Well, I think actually st- steering clear of some of the more you know uh, troublesome categories around religion mm-hmm. that oftentimes get lumped into political conversations, okay. let's say, but I think the first step for fundraisers is to find their own comfort level with these subjects. Mm-hmm. So religious or not, fundraisers can do some of their own homework in many ways of of understanding their values for why they give and and why they are in the work of development. Uh, And I think just like any uh, relationship with donors, particularly major givers, this is a long-term patient process. And you need to, instead of asking the questions of, hey, were you in church last Sunday, what about asking questions about um, questions you already would ask about about their family, their Mm -hmm. hopes, their Mm -hmm. dreams? Uh, And when those conversations uh, turn towards spiritual topics, uh, not uh, running away from it, but letting it sit there and and probe and discerning questions. So it's less institutional and focused and more letting those questions and values sets um, come up in conversation.
0: You know, at the fundraising school, we talk about how, you know, most of us were fully abled. We have two eyes, we have two ears, we have one mouth, so that we should be observing and listening 80 percent of the time and only talking 20 percent of the time when we're fundraising with any prospective donor and David that's one of the things i gleaned from your reply there is that uh you know to just listen to that donor listen to their heartbeat uh you know if they start talking about their faith background to maybe affirm that maybe reflect that back and that could be a comfortable way to to help talk with the donor yeah i
1: think listening is key And, and asking questions that open the door and then uh and when it's when appropriate to, to sort of keep the door open and continue the conversation. You don't have to be an expert, and this is what I would tell fundraisers, you don't have to become an expert in every faith tradition or a practitioner thereof, but you can learn some basics and feel comfortable with a lot of different religious traditions and backgrounds. Uh, and be comfortable, you know, speaking about uh, maybe deeper matters, um, at, because donors are going to want to talk about it.
0: And David, we know there are so many influences to charitable giving. You know, there are seven and a half billion people on planet Earth, and they could all have similar but also distinct motivations for giving. And now we're just talking about religion in particular. Uh, you know, there's certain things about people give more when they have more, and you know, things like marriage and home ownership and parenthood and these different things. Age can be predictors of charitable giving as well. Where does religion fit in? With with some of those other kind of standard markers that fundraisers watch for when they're doing donor research? Yeah, religion becomes, again, one of the best predictors alongside
1: Mm -hmm. all of those as far as if someone will be a giver and and the regular um, uh, sort of the size of their gift and the continual practice of that gift. But all of those uh, factors that um, that follow givers generally also follow religious givers. So um, thinking about marital status, education income, mm-hmm. those typically fall uh, fall in line except for the fact that what we th- what we think that we're seeing through some of the studies we've done is that religious givers tend to be less uh, less elastic in their giving. So they oftentimes mm-hmm. might give to religious causes first um, and will continue to give um, regardless of, the recession or tax reform or other types of um, incentive type of work um, because that sort of less um, giving out of the excess and more giving out of a sense of of regular practice or duty or obligation. So it's something to look for as we think about tax reform, we think Mm -hmm. about um, economic cycles, um, how religious... uh, Americans practice that a little bit differently in some ways.
0: As we've been talking about donor research, David, we've been talking about some of the informal methods. Are there formal ways I can find out if a prospective donor is a person of faith? Uh, You know, I I might be able to find out where they went to school. I might even be able to find out their political affiliation or that they belong to a Rotary Club or something like that. Um, You know, informally, I might be around the board table and somebody might tell me a person, uh, prospective donor is a person of faith. Are there formal ways to, to find this out as well? Typically
1: not, and we, and we don't really know too many of them. And I, I think in many ways, uh, looking at their um, donor history is one great place. And so you can see mm-hmm. if they have a um, local church or they're affiliated with maybe a donor advised fund at the National Christian Foundation, for instance. Um, so I think there it, it really is less um, specific research and more um, hunting. But I do think particularly this relational question is key. And so it might be, um, Uh, the best method is to connect with one of your own board members or others that you trust who've had those relationships, who, who know a bit more about someone. In many ways those places, faith communities or other boards is where you where you find out these things, these questions about um, individuals and their motivations for why they give.
0: That's great advice. And David, as we move forward, you've worked directly with the people who've come out with the study about the rise of the nuns, you know, uh, as more Americans are not identifying with a religious affiliation. What do you think is going to happen with charitable giving if that trend continues? Well,
1: I think short term, not too much, Mm -hmm. Um, because what we see with the rise of the nuns, more and more people disaffiliating from a religious tradition, and and alongside disaffiliation, you have sort of decreasing attendance and engagement patterns, Um, is that what we think is happening is many of these people have been on the outside edges of a faith community for a number of years. And so, um, what we also know is then that oftentimes means they're less likely to give than those who are sort of inside and engaged long term, I think it's, a, it's an important question because uh, over the next 20 years, the next generation, if these trends continue, uh, we will see a, an increasing disaffiliation. Uh, America is, is, is a unique philanthropic context compared to even some of our uh, other Western neighbors like Europe and Canada. So I think there'll be a vibrant uh, third sector. Uh, but uh, I guess fundraisers should think about not only this will hurt religious organizations potentially, but uh, religiously affiliated Americans continue to give across the board. So the open question is, will those who disaffiliate uh, simply move their charitable giving to other sectors Mm -hmm. and other causes, or are we actually looking at a decrease in charitable giving across the board?
0: And we're so fortunate that the Lake Institute on Faith and Giving is going to be watching those trends for us. They have a lot of technical assistance and data already that you can utilize. You can follow the Lake Institute on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu. You'll also find the courses from the Fundraising School as well as our quarterly webinars. I'm Bill Stanjakevich and you are up to date on this first day from the Fundraising School.